there's this idea of a sponge city. So trying to have the city actually absorb rainwater through things like tree canopies and permeable pavements. We know that climate change is, is changing our weather patterns. So how do we adjust to that? Welcome to the Ripples of Radical Generosity podcast by Coralis, a global community of women and non-binary people making real progress on the world's to-do list. Together, we're transforming the world to become more equitable and sustainable. Welcome everyone. I'm Lauren Walsh, the development guide with Coralis, and I'm very excited to have Becky Shaw, CEO of Stormflow Surfacing here with us today. Please uh, take a moment to introduce yourself, Becky. Great. Thanks, Lauren. Excited to be here. Uh, again, I'm Becky Shaw, the CEO of Stormflow Surfacing. I've been with the company for five years and excited to talk to you about what we're up to today. Well, it's great to have you. Becky, tell us the story. How did Stormflow Surfacing start as a company? Sure. It's it's um, kind of funny, but the, the owners, Jim and Julie Roth, are the majority shareholders and they they came to it for their own driveway. And that's the same reason why I did. Um, we had just built a straw bale home and we're moving in five years ago and needed something for our parking surface. I didn't like the ideas of asphalt and concrete and we're looking for something new. So it's, it's kind of interesting. That's how um, even some of our landscape architects kind of come at it from a personal perspective and want some kind of different surfacing and then try something new. Well, and in terms of different surfacing, um, how would you describe permeable pavement and why should we care? I mean, our product is unique in even within permeable pavement in that it is made from recycled tires. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, initially as an environmentalist, that's what drew me to the product. But generally permeable pavement, it, it doesn't sound sexy, but it really is needed because what's happening is we know we've had these extreme weather events and big storms um, and our cities just can't handle that amount of water. So, you know, I use the city of Toronto example and 23% of their pipes are combined with sewer. So when we have these huge rain events, um, that, you know, sewage and stormwater is mixed and it, and it goes into a combined sewer overflow and into Lake Ontario. So multiple cities are having these huge rain events. And when you have hard surfaces, it just goes quickly to those storm drains and they can't handle the amount of water. So there's actually flooding. And then what I'm hearing you say is that there's also an issue around water quality that is impacted. Exactly. And so um, so we're trying to, to kind of work on both ends in that if we can have water go back into the water table um, where most of our drinking water comes from, um, that's key. And then instead of having everything go quickly into a storm drain, into a river and cause flooding downstream. So trying to work kind of on, on both sides of that storm water. So from a long-term benefit perspective, what do you see, what kind of impact do you see stormflow surfacing creating? You know, again, that back to the, the hard surfaces and, you know, what's happening in our cities and, you know, low impact development is, is, you know, kind of some keywords in cities these days, but trying to find ways to, you know, there's this idea of a sponge city. 
So trying to have the city actually absorb rainwater through things like tree canopies and permeable pavements and green roofs, all these things working together to just rethink how we're building cities and how we know that climate change is, is changing our weather patterns. So how do we adjust to that? I can imagine that also just this entirely new way of dealing with water really honors how important it is as a resource. I think in the past we've considered, well, let's just have it run off and not not a problem, but yet it's becoming more and more precious. So for those of us, uh, me living in California, it really makes a huge difference because we, we're having more water at times when we didn't have water, you know, the rains, and then no water for months on end. And so to me, one of the long-term impacts is that it's a way to really manage water effectively. I mean, wherever you are, is that is that true? Is that the case for, I mean, this is relevant for a wide variety of clients? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting because um, a lot of us feel really great when the water goes into the storm drain. Because it's like, oh, it's gone. It's not our problem anymore. It's gone where it's supposed to go. Have a nice day. Um, but we're not, you know, most citizens aren't thinking about the the downstream, literally, uh, mm -hmm. effects of that. And mm -hmm. so thinking about how we can have water, get back to the water table, how we can actually clean that water. And the EPA has is, is, uh, done some research on um, permeable pavement actually cleaning water and how we can stop some of the, the idea of the heat island mm -hmm. in cities mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So just rethinking all of those things and just rethinking water completely. Um, and as you say, I mean, we, we did an interesting um, install in a, in a greenhouse, but you know, mm -hmm. that idea of even, you know, thinking about a full cycle water, um, which we haven't got, we haven't done yet, but I, I can see that being more prevalent because as you say, water is going to become more and more a precious resource. So how do we, not only think about where that water's going, but how do we full cycle that water? And reuse. Um, so it sounds as if you have a variety of clients. We're really interested in hearing about the variety of clients and what are the use cases that they are, why would they come to Stormflow Surfacing and, and have business with you? And what are some of those challenges in terms of your go-to-market build? Sure. And it's pretty broad actually. So um, cities are coming to us things for pathways and walkways. We have done for a condo, we did a dog run area where they wanted an outdoor area where we know often there's as many pets as there are uh, people living in that condo. And so, you know, how do we, how do we think differently about those areas? We can also use our, our surfacing for parking and in parking surfaces. So rethinking where the water goes in a parking lot, if we can slow that water down. So we may not, we don't see our product necessarily being used in an entire parking lot, but more in drainage strip areas. Mm -hmm. um, and just again, where the, you know, where the drainage areas are, but generally, you know, we've also gotten into um, some work on bike lanes and rethinking our product. And we haven't done any installs in that yet, but, but we're hoping to, um, and creating some of the engineered uh, drawing sets to make that easy. Um, mm -hmm. So kind of rethinking where we could uh, use our product. It's not going to be roadways. It's not going to be high traffic areas, but low traffic and walking surfaces that don't necessarily need to be traditional asphalt and concrete. And so you have basically a couple market channels. You have the individual homeowner and then cities and 
how are you reaching your prospective customers? Generally, our go-to-market is very much about digital. And so for the residential side, we have our, our homeowners actually receiving some stormwater credits in different cities in Ontario. So they're kind of finding out about it, that stormwater credit and then coming to us. And then we are on the digital side, um, reaching landscape architects and engineers. And I'm actually going to a trade show next week with landscape architects to actually specify our product. So what we find is that we we need to get into the top end design rather than an afterthought. If it's already specified to be asphalt, it's very difficult for us to compete on price. So we need to be specified early on in the project for those commercial and municipal projects. So if I'm providing a testimonial for Stormflow Surfacing, what am I going to say about the value? Why, why am I thrilled that I am using your product? I think, it, again, it would be depend on uh, if you're an individual as a residential or as a commercial, but I think the same benefits apply. Um, so we have a slip resistant surface uh, mm. because it is made from recycled tire crumb. And so, you know, when we've done it in seniors, residences, uh, pathways and things, that's a big benefit is that we're going to have a flat uniform surface that's slip resistant. We're also, you know, we're based in Ontario, Canada, and we have a lot of freeze thaw. And so what happens is all winter we get ice because if it's a hard surface and you have any unevenness, you'd, you'd get puddles in your driveway or on your municipal pathway. Um, so with our product, water runs through. So, you know, just that lack of ice is probably the biggest benefit that, you know, we're not thinking about here in September, but, uh, but this winter, definitely that's, that's a huge benefit for us. And, and the long-term of that is reduction of salt. Mm. So if we can reduce the, the use of salt and the need for salt on those mm. pathways on the commercial municipal side and residential. Well, I can really relate to that. I grew up in Michigan. So right. uh, what, whatever, uh, I think I went through a car a year because of the salt, right? So um, that that has and, and I can just imagine the havoc that it plays on the environment. So how do you see um, the product evolving? I know that you and I have had discussions about some of the research that you're currently some of the grants that you've um, uh, been gifted, which has been very um, exciting. And then also, what are you where do you think your product is going in terms of some of the science that you're you're looking at? Sure. And and I think we did um, a three-year research study with the University of Waterloo, and that was civil engineering. So to me, that was very much about things like compression testing and actually testing that surface. Yeah. So we now have that, you know, I always think about checkboxes, right? It's like, yes, we have we have all the statistics and all the research we need there. So now we're moving into things like uh, life cycle cost analysis so that we can co easily compare our product to conventional asphalt. Because again, just comparing us to the, the top inch of product isn't really fair. We have to look at you know a bigger picture of how we're going to reduce your stormwater needs and life cycle. We're also working on some stormwater management designs and that's pavement structure design and also taking into effect things like traffic and soil and infiltration. So we have some very smart engineers who are helping us work on that. Um, and then we're also doing some water research with Sheridan College in mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Oakville, Ontario. So we're starting that this fall and that's going to be a two part. So 
you know, this is actually partly from some of the feedback we received as a Coralist venture. So they asked some questions about water quality and we had an initial leach test um, mm-hmm. that was sort of, you know, baseline. So based on some of those questions and longevity testing is that we're looking at testing our water quality sort of through the matrix of our product as a, a gravel base, a stone base, um, and then add a, actually adding pollutants mm-hmm. and looking at that infiltration design. So what, what kind of comes out of the bottom there and then mm-hmm. actually doing some artificial aging. So mm-hmm. doing things like UV and abrasion, and that'll, that'll be our winter kind of, um, portion of that. So we've been able to, to get some grants, uh, through Mitex to, to run that research. So we're excited to keep staying ahead of mm. really what industry is asking of us and having those answers so that, you know, that engineers and landscape architects can specify us. Yes. Cause what we've, what we've also heard is other permeable pavements have been specified and then years in, um, they've clogged up. And so how do you know that you're different? So, I mean, we had our pavement engineer actually go out to test some, some previous sites that are up to nine years old and our product is still permeable. So knowing that and having that, um, I mean, there's a technical memo right now, but having that data mm-hmm. and being able to, to prove that we want to make it easy for, like I said, landscape and, and, and uh, landscape architects and engineers to specify us create the value proposition in a very clear way for the long, for the, not only the short term, but the longer term. That's, that's really wonderful. And you've received some, some awards recently. Is that right? We have received a couple of, of grants recently. You know, those have done things like uh, we're launching a new website and paying for some of this research. Uh, I mean, obviously along with our being a, a chosen venture of Coralis was very exciting this year too. All of those things for us uh, kind of combined to, to make all of these exciting projects happen. So you are a 2023 venture and we always enjoy hearing about how that status as a Coralis venture has impacted uh, your company. What has been some of the benefits? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about it today and I think support is probably the the word I would use, you know, not only the monetary support, but also just these biweekly mentor meetings that you and I have and kind of talking through issues because as a small business and women led or not, you just feel very alone. Yeah. So, you know, that, that support and being able to, you know, I reached back to some of the people who had had said we could contact them who had voted for us and got amazing support um, and just asked them some questions and and asked for some contacts. Mm -hmm. That was great. Um, We've also, I've also used Slack, uh, the Slack channels a couple of times and and gotten amazing support as well as, you know, the original onboarding. So I, you know, I feel it's amazing just that idea that people are willing to help and there's nothing, you know, nothing needed in response. So just that support has been amazing. Well, and it's been, it's been really productive for us to discuss, I think also where the, uh, how you're using the funding and that has brings um, joy to all of our hearts uh, in addition to, to the support. So um, we're really happy to have you in, in the portfolio and thanks so much for your time today. Is there any ask that you have that you'd like to make of the community as they listen? 
You know, I, I continue to ask if, if you have contacts in the okay. municipal world in, in Canada, especially, and as landscape architects and engineers, those are always amazing contacts for us. So I think that's, that's generally always my ask is, is those, those contacts are so valuable to us. Good to know. Good to know. Thank you so much, Becky, for your time today. And uh, this is the beginning of an ongoing conversation. We really appreciate it. So happy about what you're doing. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the Ripples of Radical Generosity podcast. Let us know what you thought of the episode and share this podcast with your friends. We invite you to join a global community of radically generous women and non-binary folks at www.coralis.world.